Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guy. Now, joining me in the studio is Kristin Molyneux, CEO of Yes Boss. And today's going to be a first because we're actually doing it over the internet. Normally, when we're doing podcasting, it's live, but today we are trying it over the internet. So, welcome, Kristin. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be the first doing this with you over the internet. Wow. Well, I fought it for such a long time. I was such a sort of probably stickler for perfection when it came to the audio. And I've seen it been done badly so, so often. I kind of resisted. But with the pandemic and everything, I've kind of given in in the end. So I've not had a live guest for about the best part of a year because I've not traveled probably even longer than that. So I thought now is a great time to give it a go and let's see how we get on. Now, I like it. You are obviously heavily into podcasts, so it's going to be quite ironic that you're the first person on the show. Tell us a little bit, tell the audience about yourself. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think that it is ironic. And I, I love that I can say that I'm the one who pushed through the barrier of you having a first virtual guest. So I feel like that's something that I can, that gives me a little bit of accolades. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> yeah, so I run a company called Guest Boss, and we do... Um, media placement, so specifically podcast uh, guest appearances for our clients. We really help our clients get visible so that they can increase their credibility online. And my background comes all the way back to entrepreneur failure and really understanding what it's like to exit corporate, feeling like you have everything that it takes to be a successful entrepreneur because you're a fantastic employee and having that hard-hitting reality that the transferable skills are so few. <laughs> so that's kind of where my story starts. Um, and then I pivoted into being a virtual assistant because I was desperate, honest, uh, honestly. I was just desperate to make some kind of money without sacrificing my freedom. And from there, I really built up a virtual assistant agency. So my first paid virtual assistant gig, I was only making $15 an hour, um, which was a huge blow to my ego, I'll say. But I am, you know, Peter, you and I were talking about this. My very first strength is strategic. And I guess I can see this coming into play here. My first gig, I was making $15 an hour. And in my mind, I thought, you know what? I can get somebody else to do this for cheaper than $15 an hour. I found myself a, um, a copywriter that was a college student in the Midwest, in the, in the States, and minimum wage there was 7 or $8 an hour. And it dawned on me that I can make 7 or $8 an hour passively, or I could make $15 an hour doing something I hate. I went the passive route, started outsourcing, and just continued to snowball that model. So... We got to that six-figure mark in 2018, and what I realized was that I had figured out how to uncomplicate entrepreneurship. You know, as somebody who had just exited corporate, I was overcomplicating entrepreneurship. I was doing all the things for all the people. You know, I was monetizing in all the ways. I was marketing in all the ways. I was just really overcomplicating things. And I wanted to get out there and talk to entrepreneurs about how entrepreneurship didn't have to be so complicated. And I told my team, I want to start by doing podcasting. It felt like a low, uh, like an easy entry point to get into like getting my message out there and kind of making a difference for entrepreneurs. And unfortunately, what I realized 
after sitting on the idea for six months was that I had all kinds of mindset issues that were cropping up. Like I wanted to send pitches to people. I wanted to get out there and share my message, but I was experiencing imposter syndrome and I wasn't getting out there and sending a pitch. So my team stepped in for me. They told me that they needed to take over because I had a message to share and I wasn't getting out there. And they started pitching me for podcasts. Well, my team does not have the same mindset blocks that I do as the business owner. It's a beautiful thing to take advantage of. Isn't that interesting, though? And what's quite sort of poignant at this moment in time is when you came out of corporate, you really struggled with the transition. The pandemic is forcing so many people today out of corporate. And actually, yeah. they're all going to turn to entrepreneurship and they're going to go down the same route. Everyone makes the same mistakes when they come out of corporate. I think it's just one of those rites of passage to owning your own business. So the yeah. question for you is, why podcasting though? Why podcasts? You know, after I started, at first it was a very philanthropic um, thing for me. Like I just wanted to share this message and kind of help other people out. But then what happened is I looked at the analytics and the analytics told me, this is the marketing strategy. This is actually generating the leads. And and looking back in hindsight, you know, I, I, I hadn't predicted it, but looking back, I realized that I was capitalizing on something that I had previously capitalized on to get my agency to six figures. And that was networking. Like being a podcast guest is networking on steroids. Yes, it can be PR and that you get name recognition when you get on um, podcasts that have a name. Yes, it's marketing and that you attract an audience that's listening to the podcast. But for me, I realized that the true value and what made a difference was I was meeting influencers. I was meeting people just like you, Peter, that I wanted in my circles. That is what made the difference for me. And so we started doing this for our clients and getting them on podcasts just to see like, okay, this strategy that worked for me, will this work for our clients too? And it did. So we stopped doing everything related to online business management and virtual assistant work. And we only now do podcast placement, helping our clients get more visible. And it has been so cool to be able to niche down in this way for one. And two, to really be able to get results for our clients, we have a formula that we know works and we can repeat it time and time again for people who need that visibility and credibility. But a lot of people say, a lot of people out there will probably say that actually, but on podcast dead, is it not an oversaturated market? I don't believe that it is. I don't, I don't think you believe that it is. Otherwise you wouldn't have a podcast, but the reason I would say that I don't believe that it is, is my answer to that. But I would also say, even if it is, it doesn't matter if you follow, if, if you're following the same kind of strategy that I have, because podcasts could die, but entrepreneurs like you, Peter, you don't, you don't die with the medium. So like Instagram could die or like podcasting could die or like all these trends could die, but the people that you're meeting through podcasting, that their their ambition and their businesses and their connection and their ability to make a difference in that next level of business, that doesn't die. And so that's why that relationship strategy is really the thing that stands the test of time through all of the marketing trends. Well, that's interesting. And one of the things that I tend to notice with a lot of people that do podcasts is they create a podcast. And I think it it's like YouTubers, actually. 
everyone that starts off with a YouTube channel has this weird sort of conception in their mind that they're going to be this YouTube millionaire. But the majority of people, probably it's only about 0.3 of a percent actually monetize YouTube. The rest do not. And everyone seems to be looking for this one big hit when it comes to their podcast. When they don't make that sort of that big hit and they don't get their 100,000 downloads, it's amazing how many podcasts all of a sudden drop to the wayside. What have you noticed? Yes, they do. They do. So so we have a lot of podcasters um, that come in and they hit it hard in the beginning and it doesn't give them. I mean, I've been calling it the one hit wonder. I think people are looking for a one hit wonder. They're either looking for their podcast to just shoot up as a podcast host. And like that one hit wonder is, you know, your podcast is the thing that's making money and they're not developing the strategies behind that or leveraging the relationships because even as a podcast host, you can leverage those relationships with people you have in the seat. On the guesting side, people are just looking for that one hit wonder on, in that they want to be on like the biggest podcast with the biggest amount of downloads. And I have personal experience with this. I have been on podcasts that have millions of downloads. I have been on podcasts that the host has tens of thousands of people on their email list. And so my name goes out to those that huge audience. My name does. Here's the problem. Just having my name go out one time to a big email list or just getting published one time on somebody's podcast, I'm just a number that's like flying by for those experts. And unless you've got the formula just right, you know, you're just the right name or somebody's hearing you for the, you know, 15th time or, you know, there's a title that really hits home for somebody. The expectations for what's going to happen on that one hit wonder podcast, those are inaccurate. You know, I didn't have a flood of people signing up for my email list. I didn't have a flood of new clients from that just from showing up on the podcast. What I have had though is even with the people who have large followings, fostering that relationship has done things for me like I'm able to infiltrate their email list. I'm able to do a joint venture partnership where we're doing multiple promotions for a webinar that I do for them. So the relationship is really where the tides shift and you go from being just one name that's popped out, one name that's just a number on their list to something where the the person behind the mic is like, hey, let's figure out how we can really make some money together. That is where it becomes not a vanity metric, but that's where it becomes a profitable relationship. And I would probably say 95% of all podcasters probably fall in the first category. It's the vanity. It's the vanity. And, the thing is, and a lot of people don't understand it's a long game. I mean, I took a t- I took time out of my podcast because I probably fell into a frustrated cat- category at one stage and got totally peed off with it and thought, okay, no. But the one thing that I did find interesting is that a lot of the topics with, that you cover, whether it's on video, whether it's on podcasting, what's really interesting is they're situational. So actually, during the pandemic... <laughs> Probably one of my most popular episodes happened to be my second episode in when I was talking about what is business coaching. Because all of a sudden, when businesses were sort of faced with probably their single biggest challenge since the GFC, they were probably thinking, damn, how do I get out of this? How do I navigate this? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, bang, it, it just went through the roof. So I think patience is also 
a very important factor in all this. You've got to be able to say to yourself, it's a long game. And when you're creating that content, you're not creating content just for today. You're right. creating content for tomorrow. And actually, it does get found. If you tag it up properly and you've got all the right descriptions over a period of time, it does get found. It's evergreen content. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. And you kind of hit on something that I've seen that has really worked for me. I've gotten in with podcasts that are in the beginning stages. And those have been some of my most profitable relationships, to be honest, because what happens with a newer podcaster is they're putting a whole lot more effort into promoting their episodes. So you're, you as the guest, if we're talking about that specifically, as the guest, you're getting even more bandwidth. You're getting more promotion. It's not just that one thing. It's like people keep feeding back. And then another cool thing that you just hit on and experienced yourself is when, when somebody discovers you, when you, Peter, when they discover you, and they discover that they like your podcast, what's one of the first things you do is like scroll to the beginning and start listening from the beginning up. And so to be one of those first first episodes or to be one of those first guests that's on, you actually do get airtime that has that longevity, which is another thing that I never anticipated when I first went out to be a guest. Like I decided to go after newer podcasts because I was nervous and I wanted to make sure that I could you know, articulate my message well, but those have been really fruitful podcast episodes for me and really fruitful relationships. So here's a question for you, because you touched upon the whole thing around promoting podcasts. And I think that's what the majority of podcasters find the most difficult, actually properly promoting it without throwing insane money or in, even worse, spending insane money with people that claim that they can put, promote your podcast, but in reality, they just do such a shockingly bad job. They see no results. They yeah. get dejected and they dump the channel. So what would be your top tips for people listening in today on actually what's the best way to promote a podcast? So when it comes to promoting your podcast as a host, I feel like I would be prob I probably shouldn't give a ton of advice. Like <laughs> I I feel like I know that you have got to get out there and you've got to share the message and I've seen people do it beautifully, but on being on the host side, like I have not promoted from a host perspective. I feel like I would be kind of telling you in theory rather than in practice. Um the the thing that I have found from the guest side is that sharing podcasts for me has been a credibility booster. And I think that that's something in like the promotions that I think some people miss out on because they are focused so much on just getting driving a ton of traffic. I think that we miss out on the fact that just sharing a promotion within your email list on, you know, I do LinkedIn, if you do any other social media on all of those platforms, what you'll notice is the people that hang out with you in those communities, even if they don't listen to the podcast, the credibility that you have in their eyes goes up. So what I would say, I guess, is my like... um I don't know, disclaimer about promotions is it still is not always about 
driving people to listen, there are other ripple effects. So if you're not seeing the, you know, traffic promotion just from pushing a, an episode, if people aren't actually clicking over, don't underestimate what it's doing to your reputation. You know, being a host, I would say as well, being a host and being a guest, just having people in your networks see that you're doing this thing, it, it elevates your credibility. I've had people hire me because they have seen that I'm a guest on podcasts. And when I talk to them, I ask them, you know, what episode they found me on. And it comes out that they haven't ever actually listened to any of the episodes. But the, my credibility has been elevated in their mind because of the kind of media placement that I have. So that's not exactly the answer to your question, but it's kind of like a right hook on like, well, you know, think about this angle of promotion that I think kind of gets ditched to the side. And I would say it does get ditched to the side because most people would never think about approaching it that way. So to the business owners out there that are considering their podcast or they've got their podcast up and running, what advice would you give them? Oh, gosh, I would say... So one of the things for me that I know that I've done a good job as a as a guest, and I would say that this applies also to a host, is you want to make sure that what you're talking about is actionable. So a lot of people think that they want to get on podcasts or they want to start their own podcast because they want to share their story. Okay, awesome. You may be great. You may make millions and millions of dollars. You may have really fancy things like you may have a life that a lot of people want. However, people are interested in the action behind the story and how you've done what you've done. So I think that the best episodes are ones that give people actionable advice. When we work with clients, we're always asking them, do you have a methodology behind the way you work? Is there a, a way that you get people results? Talk about those stories and be an open book about the things that give people that that difference and how you make more impact in your clients lives talk about those things and really just open the doors for the audience to get a full experience with you where once they've heard you talk they feel like they can take some action in their lives that's going to make a difference and sometimes the the rebuttal i hear to this is well i don't want to spill all the secrets i don't want to say everything on the air okay here's the deal Anyone can Google or YouTube what it is that we do. Like I get people as, I, I book people as guests on podcasts. It's all about writing a pitch, showing up as a, as, a, as a good guest, and then following up with relationships. I've just told you the three stages. You could Google all three of those stages. Like I, what I do is not so secret that only I know it, only it's, it's only in my head. But by sharing that information with the audience and helping the audience experience a win from hearing me, that is what makes the audience know, like, and trust you and ultimately see you as somebody who they would want to work with. Or they have somebody in their network that they're going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I need to send John. John needs this thing that Kristen was talking about. John needs this thing that Peter was talking about. And then that referral becomes really easy too. So you've got yeah, to just lay it all out there. I like what you said there because, yes, anyone can Google it. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I come across these experts that say, I know that, I know that. And I always say to them, okay, knowing what to do and doing what you know are two different things. How often do you do what you know? And it isn't very often. 
It isn't very yeah. often. <laughs> and that's why we need accountability. And that's why we hire business coaches and consultants and we, we get involved in masterminds. And that's why we invest money for that accountability and those shortcuts. You know, because yes, you could Google a lot of the things, but is it going to be a direct path for from somebody with experience? No, it's not. <laughs> and I think the word there is catalyst. They're actually, the people that you bring in, if they're a catalyst to get you to your destination a lot quicker, then it's a great investment. So All people the time. Know more, if people want to know more about you, where do they go? So you can check us out on our website. You can check out what we do for our clients there. It's yesbossva.com. Um, and then the place that I hang out, I hang out on LinkedIn. Social media gives me a headache. <laughs> and LinkedIn is the only place that I've found that doesn't drive me crazy. <laughs> and I've, I've found that you can build a business on relationships and you don't have to hang out on every single social media platform to, to get that visibility and credibility to grow a successful business. So cool thing about me is my name is spelled uniquely thanks to my husband. So when you, you search for me in that search bar on LinkedIn, I'm the only one. I'm the only Kristen Molinar. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm, I'm the same. Catch me on LinkedIn, but you won't catch me on most other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessary. And if you were to give the audience one parting gift today, one parting comment, what would it be? Oh, I would say in everything that you're doing in your business, focus on relationships. So, you know, the reason that podcast guesting works for me is because I'm focused on relationships. But this also worked when I wasn't on podcasts. This also worked when I was meeting people at conferences. And I would say that we get so caught up in what the the gurus are telling us to do in the latest like trend and trick and you know all of these things but at the root of it you're going to be able to build a relate or build a business on relationship and knowing how to develop and foster and be genuine about relationships is something that's going to stand the test of time so just be focused on that it brings the barriers down it brings human element and i would say it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to just bring that human connection element I would say that probably the pandemic has brought back to life how important that human connection is. Mm. And actually people didn't quite realize how much they were going to miss it until it was taken away. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kristen. It's been an absolute pleasure. If anything we've talked about resonates with you and you want a bit more information, head over to porker.com and get in touch. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail. Mm.